A pastor friend of mine tells a story. It's the same story as if he's telling it for the very first time whenever a discussion in a church council meeting or a Sunday school group turns towards hospitality in the church and welcoming strangers. Eight years ago, he went out of town for a holiday weekend, and he did something most clergy would never dream of doing on one of their four Sundays off per year. My friend went to church. He was curious. What would it be like, he wondered, to be welcomed as a newcomer in a congregation where not a single person knew that he was an ordained elder serving a large United Methodist church in a well-to-do neighborhood in Northern Virginia. So on that Sunday morning, as he finished up his morning run, still wearing running shorts that are, well, too short, he opened the red doors of a local United Methodist church, and he made his way to the sanctuary for the 11 o'clock service. He was still wearing a sweaty bandana on his forehead, and his shirt had obviously been worn more than it had been washed. And he held out his hand to an usher. This usher was standing in the narthex, that space just behind the sanctuary. My friend was expecting to be handed a bulletin or to receive a cheerful greeting. The usher stood there next to the entrance of the sanctuary, and my friend describes it as though this usher were a member of the Queen's Guard, And he scoffed in my friend's Sunday morning best. Then, then it seemed things couldn't get any worse. And another usher approached the two men and invited my friend to use a separate entrance to the sanctuary. This entrance was to the far side of the narthex. There were no signs for what laid ahead at the end of the hallway. But my friend, he was assured he would find a seat. He knew that he wasn't being invited to sit with the regulars, the Sunday morning folks who have their assigned seats and you dare not sit in their seat. As he walked through the narrow hallway and then up a narrow staircase, he knew that he was being ushered up to the balcony. As he made his way to a seat, he was greeted by a regular who had made his regular spot up in the cheap seats. We don't get many of you around here. What do you mean? Many of what, my friend replied. Visitors, the balcony welcoming committee of one said. Oh, really? Well, with the welcome I received downstairs, I'm surprised they don't come back, my friend sarcastically replied. Jesus' words in our reading today They are the culmination of a larger dialogue he was having with his disciples. Being sent by Jesus to speak God's truth in the world, it was not going to be an easy task, and this continues to be true today. No one, especially Jesus, said that discipleship would be easy. Following the example of Christ, it's hard work. There are times when this means we will have to rely on the Holy Spirit for what to say or what to do. Families are going to be disrupted. I mean, the disciples James and John left their father standing next to a boat with fishing nets in his hands as they left to go follow Jesus. The call placed on the life of a disciple will not be easy. We will be called to stand with people who are in distress, people who look different from us, 
and people who live in places we would never imagine living. But in our reading today, Jesus says that those who welcome the ones that he has called, well, none of these will lose their reward. Jesus is telling us that acts of compassion and hospitality reveal not just a glimpse of who he is, but also that these acts, they are a foretaste of the fulfillment of the kingdom of God. Because in welcoming the ones sent by Jesus, we are not just welcoming the stranger in too short running shorts. We are welcoming Jesus himself. And because we cannot separate Jesus from the one who sent him, we're also welcoming God. We're welcoming our Creator. All of us have heard stories of people not being welcomed when they arrive at a church or some other Christian gathering. Perhaps they were like my friend, not properly dressed for the service. And to be fair, he knew that he would be pushing someone's buttons that Sunday morning. But pushing people's buttons on Sunday mornings is what he does best. Perhaps you've been ushered to the balcony. Or worse, invited to attend a church down the street where you might be more comfortable. Maybe you didn't feel welcomed because stained glass language was being used. That's insider talk that most people outside the church never hear, let alone use. Maybe, maybe it was the color of your skin that prevented you from being allowed to sit down, forcing you up to the cheap seats. Or it was that you were holding the hand of a person someone else didn't think you should be holding. Stories of the church, the body of Christ, being less than hospitable to those Christ has called to the church, these stories are reported more often than our scripture reading suggests they should be. And please don't get me wrong, as a teenager, I was an usher, one of the few and the proud entrusted by the worship committee to ensure an orderly worship service was maintained. Truth be told, I was in it for the donuts. So I'm not throwing rocks in a glass house. But there are times when people are intentionally turned away or led to a place in the sanctuary, being told they will be more comfortable there, led to a place or a community where they'll find more in common with those in attendance. The truth, though? The truth is that when we turn people away from the church, when we turn a blind eye to Christ standing right in front of us? We do that because we are uncomfortable. And in turning others away, we're able to ignore, we think, whom God has called not just into our lives, but into the body of the one whom God sent. When we reject a stranger, whether in the building on a Sunday morning or at the intersection of Glebe and Fairfax, we are rejecting Christ. Jesus showed his disciples that discipleship requires compassion and mercy. He did this time and time again when he healed the sick, the blind, and the lame, instead of telling them that their sins were too many or the sins of their family were too many. Jesus called an unlikely group of disciples and followers. I mean, one of the people he called to follow him was a tax collector this person had cheated and stolen from his neighbors. But Jesus calls us 
And in calling us, He extends compassion and mercy. He offers grace and not just directions to a place where the community gathered would look more like the one standing before Him. Compassion and mercy are the model given to us by Jesus for loving and welcoming every person who comes to us in His name. The difficult task is that it will take more than a little bit of grace to open the doors of the church that have been closed to so many people, to the LGBTQ plus community, to single and divorced adults, those who haven't opened a Bible in decades or ever. Then there are the doors of the church that have been used to segregate Christ's body simply because the color of someone's skin doesn't match ours. The task before us, Mount Olivet, the task before us, church, is monumental and frankly long overdue in being addressed. But the good news in Jesus' words are not only for the ones being welcomed or the ones who are ushered up to the balcony. The good news is for the church where people are sent to the balcony to make us feel more comfortable. The church where a hand of welcome is not extended to someone whose hand looks different from our own. And the church where we may not be participating in such actions, but we certainly are not doing enough to address the actions of the larger body. The good news for them and for us is that we are not the Queen's guard. We are not the gatekeepers of the body of Christ, and we are certainly not the gatekeepers of the kingdom of God. And praise be to God that we are not. Our work is monumental and yet extremely simple. It's to offer welcome, to extend a hand of invitation to experience the same amazing grace that changed our lives when we ourselves were once lost and hoping to be found. The work ahead of us is to offer an embrace when an embrace is invited, to give a cool cup of water in the sweltering humidity of a Virginia summer. God will take care of the rest. Even when a button-pushing pastor shows up on Sunday morning wearing running shorts that are frankly too short. I offer it to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.